We're just getting the proper presentation up and then we'll get going. I'm just waiting for some final people to come in. Okay, we'll get going any minute now. Right. So if I can just see a thumbs up from some of you that you actually can see the slides in front of you and we're ready to go. Good. Thank you, Philippe. Welcome here, everyone, today. I'm very excited to talk about this part of module three of the Octopus Drive products and services. There's so many of us that have brilliant ideas as entrepreneurs, but the challenge is always to get those ideas into a blueprint, as we call it, or a value proposition, as it was called a while ago, and to be more practical about it, to take your ideas and put it into products and services that sell, and more importantly, products and services that other people really want. So today, we're going to actually jump into the big fat problem that your potential customers may have. And this is something that we talk about a lot is the fact that, you know, as entrepreneurs, we do not research enough. So we have these ideas, we run out into the market, we go and package these ideas, super excited, do websites, do all these things, do marketing collateral, and then we start pitching this idea and then no one buys it. So, and that's really what we want to prevent. So this is really for those of you out there that, has had brilliant ideas. Uh, you've put it in some sort of catch, sketches or presentation, whatever, but you're just not getting the reaction from people that you want. So um, reversing a little bit backwards, if you're new here today, um, I'm on module three of the Octopus program. So module three is about products and services. If you are only joining today, I would highly recommend that you go onto the Facebook group in the Octopus Tribe and go back to where you can find the playlist under the About section and go and look at the recordings that was done before in this modality, that you go and look at lesson one, two, and three before you step into lesson four, because the whole picture will just make so much more sense to you. So what are we talking about today? We're going to uncover the problems that exist in the minds of our ideal buyer. We're going to explore and understand industry-related objections and how that affects your target audience perceptions. Because if you get into the mind of your buyer, you are actually stepping into their perceptions and their view of things. I mean, if you put 10 people around the table and you play a movie for them and you stop that movie and you go afterwards and you say to them, so tell us what you experienced in a movie. What did you learn? Give us your summary. You're going to probably get 10 different perspectives and your clients are no different. That's why it's so important that you identify your ideal client profile them and then what we're doing today we're actually jumping into their mindset to try and get more of their perspectives and 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 trying in the process to research enough to pick up on patterns that's that's valuable to you so you're also going to learn how to frame and present big problems in a way that encourage mutual trust 
with your potential clients. So topics we're going to cover, to be more specific, is we're going to look at the 3 a.m. mind of your customer, industry-related objections. We're going to look a little bit into the market, study your successful competitors, research proof of the problem, and create trust with potential buyers. So let's jump into it. So this is the process that we're busy with at the moment. It's called the 12-step high-end offer design process. It is developed so that you can price your products and services higher. It's also developed so that you can be more clearer in your messaging uh, when you put value propositions or products and services together for your client. And I think most importantly, it's developed so that you hit to the heart of your customer, so that you get really in there, not making calculated guesses about what you think your customers want, but really, really understand the patterns that they've created in their life and the problems that's associated with those patterns. So today we're here on step three. We're in lesson four, but we're on step three of the high-end offer design process. And this part is about the big fat problem. You can see that area that's underlined there. So let's jump right into topic one, the 3 a.m. mind of your customer. So your mind, your customer have issues, right? And your purpose with your products and services is to solve those issues for them. But many times we do not have the right issues in the palm of our hands. What happens many times is we have a problem. And then we assume that other people who's like us have the same problem. And that's where the miscommunication happens. Now, part of that is true. You know, if I have a skincare problem and I have a dry skin, I would be very correct in saying there's potentially other people out there who also have a dry skin problem. But my way of wording that problem and perceiving that problem and trusting that the problem exists is quite different than other people who have the same problem than me. So what you want to do is you want to get into bed with them. And I don't mean it in a bad way. I mean it in a dream state, subconscious and conscious way. So you want to be there almost like a ghost at 3 a.m. in the morning when they start to worry. And that is the principle of the 3 a.m. mind of your customer. So how do you go about doing it? Well, the first thing you have to do is you have to really start understanding who's the people that's waking up at 3 a.m. in the morning. And that sort of take you a few steps back into the previous lesson we discussed where we spoke about who exactly is your target market. Now, if you do not know who your target market is, if you do not know that your target market, for example, is the profile of the person you see here in front of you. So this person in front of you has dark hair. This person in front of you has potentially a majority of Asian DNA. This person in front of you is a friendly and positive person, which sometimes can put them in a place of denial. This person does not like to wear too many colorful and, you know, dramatic clothes. This person likes to, to wear simple, crisp clothing because they are a bit more of a minimalist, this person. Unless you had done that profiling, which has been done in the previous lesson, 
you will not understand what keep this person awake at 3 a.m. at night. So because you now understand that this person has this profile, you'll understand that they have an oily skin problem. And because they have an oily skin problem, the balance in the skin is out and therefore the skin needs to be treated with a moisturizer as well. So you will not be able to make those, let's call them logical deductions, unless you understand the nature of the person that you're dealing with. And when you do get that, you can actually get into their mindset and go, when they wake up at three o'clock in the morning, because they have their dry skin, what they are worried about is they're worried about that when they get on stage and they speak, their skin is going to get so irritable that they're going to want to scratch all the time. And they've watched them themselves time and time again on videos of themselves when they're on stage. And they've noticed on the videos that they're constantly scratching themselves and they're irritable because of the skin problem that they have. So therefore, it's not enough for you to know that I'm going to target the male Asian market with skin problems. You have to go deeper and to and understand exactly the nature of their problem. And because you're so niche in your approach, you're going to see that when they wake up at 3 a.m. in the morning, they're worried about things like, I'm going to disappoint my parents when I'm on stage. I'm going to be made a fool by my peers. Um, I'm going to not be able to be as successful as I want to be. And therefore, my partner is not going to be with me any longer. Um, I am not, um, you know, competitive in my field. Therefore, I won't be able to put a property portfolio together to other people. Do you see how much more further this goes at 3 a.m. in the morning? So we started with an Asian guy with a skin problem. But at 3 a.m., he does not necessarily think about his skin problem. He's thinking about the result and the disastrous consequences because of his skin problem. So he's not going to wake up at 3 o'clock in the night and go, oh, I need a skin product with the following feature and benefits. I need a skin product that's going to do this for me and it's going to make my skin glow and it's going to take the itch away. No. That person is waking up at 3 o'clock going, because I have a skin problem, I'm not competitive in my career. And therefore, my partner is not going to look up to me. That's how far you have to go with the problem. So the problem is the rabbit. The 3 a.m. mind is the rabbit hole down which the problem is taking your client. There's your analogy. There's your, I think I just got a head scratch here because now we're thinking, right? Now we're going, okay, let's take it further. So let's take a different product, for example. The product is, uh, let me think of something completely different. The product is a uh, time management solution for corporates. So your client is not waking up at 3 a.m. in the morning and thinking, I have a time management problem. Your client is waking up at 3 a.m. in the morning and going, because everyone in the business is wasting my time, I'm looking incredibly bad in front of my stakeholders, which ultimately means I will not be able to hold onto my property portfolio. Because if you research the CEOs that you are selling to, you'll find out that a lot of the CEOs that you're selling to have a property portfolio.
So that doesn't mean that you have to necessarily go and have a property portfolio yourself, but you have to understand their language. You have to understand that that CEO is hiring you for time management issues because they want to increase the productivity, because he or she wants to look good in front of their shareholders, because they want to hold on to a property portfolio. So that's you going down the rabbit hole. So this is where things get super interesting. And um, I'll elaborate a little bit on this further. But this principle of the 3 a.m. mind is meant to take you down the rabbit hole of your client's problem. In the previous lesson, you've identified the client, but now you're going down the rabbit hole. So let's look at industry-related objections. Why on earth did I bring this into this lesson today? The industry-related objections means that you do not understand the mind of your client and what bothered them at 3AM. You also understand what is going on in the industry at the moment. You know, there's so many times we do a pitch to a client or we do a deal with a corporate or we do whatever we do and the person on the opposite side of the pitch say, what experience do you have in, your, in our industry? When you go for an interview for a job, you get the same thing. Oh, that's that one where you go, you know, I actually don't have that much industry experience, but hey, I understand this, and hey, I understand this, and I, hey, I would be good at that. But the question that you are asked, whether you're pitching to a client or whether you're applying for a job, is, is very relevant because an industry has certain lingo, certain language associated with it. An industry has very specific problems. An industry has very specific trends. So it's your job as the person who's going to put a solution together and a product and a service to not only get into the mind of the client, but into what is actually happening in their industry at the moment. So there's various things that, that you can look at when you're actually researching the industry of the client that you're putting this product together. Because we're not putting a sales pitch together yet, but we are putting a product and service together that's in response to the industry that you're creating a solution for. So on the top left of the slide is justice, right? You can go and speak to any person in the industry and ask them, what is not fair in their industry at the moment? And they'll become so passionate about it, they won't be able to stop talking. They'll go, wow, you know, it's insane. We're in the industry of, of, of um, you know, let's say uh, telecoms. Uh, it's not what it was before. This is the problems. This is the challenges we're facing. And for you to understand what's happening in that industry um, in order to have that conversation starters with them, but also to propose a solution to them later is incredibly important. Um, you want to ask them who's the main connections and influences in that industry. That's the, the meaning of this picture that you see in the top middle. Who's the main influences? Who's the who in the zoo? Who's connected to who? Who's the big role players? If you want to write a book tomorrow, and that book is basically a solution to the problems that your target buyers have. And I say to you, in order to make this book successful, you need to find a rock star in the industry you're playing in and get them to write a foreword for that book. Most people would know, would have no idea who's the rock stars and who's the influencers in the industry. And because of that, they're not 
reaching the client. They can't even start a conversation with the client. And more important, they do not understand the problems because these people in your industry or these people who's going to get a solution from your industry has certain rock stars. Now, don't make the mistake here of thinking that I'm necessarily talking about your industry. So I'm going to use an example. You may be in the industry of product design, but you do not necessarily want to know who the rock stars is in the industry of product design because your ideal clients are hanging out in the property industry. You're going to teach them about product design in the property industry. So you need to know who's connected with who in the property industry because that's where you're going to speak. In the property industry, they have euros like people who's on TV and people who's doing flipping and, and all that. So that's their euros. So you're not bringing your euros into the discussion and the understanding of them. You're bringing their euros into the discussion and understanding. And I think now it's becoming abundantly clear already to you how little you understand about the customer. And the, the, the less you understand about them and their universe, the lesser you're going to understand about what's happening in industry. So here's just a few examples and, and you can go through them in, in your time, but you really want to understand top right, what is the specific beliefs that is happening in that industry? What is the hobbies? That's why I have a golf ball. What is the hobbies and the trends that people get involved in in that industry? What is the places people travel to and people hang out during the conferences? You know, you might find out that they, let's say you focus on the property industry as your ideal clients, you might find out, wow, there is a massive property conference every year in Amsterdam. And I never knew about it because now you can focus, focus and honing in on a specific thing is probably one of the most incredible skills you can teach yourself as an entrepreneur. And in these day and ages, we are completely diluted in our distractions. So you'll go, oh, but I want to service all the clients on this planet. And therefore, I want to solve all their problems. And therefore, you get very, very diluted. Whereas as you, when you focus on a specific person who's in a specific industry, who have a specific problem, you are actually having gold in the palm of your hand. You basically become like the archer who shoots for one thing and hits the target. So another thing that you can look at in industry, the last one there on the right bottom hand side is what information is the people in your industry consuming in order to solve their problems? Are they reading books of a specific guru? Are they actually on YouTube following some specific things? Are they hanging out at conferences? Are they at networking events? Where are they going to learn? Who are their teachers that's teaching them? And, and that in itself help you understand the industry better. Right, so now we've looked at ways to really understand the big problems that your clients have. We've gone down a rabbit hole with them into the night. We've started looking at the 3AM mind and try to make the thoughts uh, and the logic that they're using more visible and understand it. Now we ventured into a different area. We, we went and researched their industry and we went looking at what's going on in their industry. Now we're going to study their competitors, but we don't just want to look at the people who do what they do. 
we want to look at people who do what they do that's very, very, very successful. So let's say, for example, that you are developing a health and fitness program for people. You don't just want to go and look at people who develop health and fitness programs for your target market. You want to go and find the top 10 successful ones. And bloggers is a very easy way to do it. So bloggers will go at the end of the year and in the beginning of the year, and they will say, for example, top software companies for 2023. Or they would go in the beginning of the year and say the top software companies to look for or to look out for in 2024. So that's the type of terminology they would use. Top 20, it's like it's like the charts, like the music charts. What was the top 50 for 2022? And what is the artist you should be looking at the, the top 50 for 2023? It's the same thing. Um, you get this in the Emmys. You get this in the award systems. You get this in um, all the areas where people actually talk about who's performing. So those are the ones that you want to look for in an industry. Again, it's not going to help to look for who's the top designers in industry because if your clients are in the property industry, they're not going to get it. Um, you're going to be like uh, coming from nowhere and uh, you may even intimidate them with your language. But if you have conversations with them about who's the top performers in the property industry, because that's where you're hanging out, you have immediate rapport and they see you as very knowledgeable and they really listen. Why? Because when you talk about their heroes and their top performers, you are transferring all of that knowledge and heroism and everything to you. So you give yourself a lot of credibility. So let's say, for example, um, who would be the top person in property in industry? I mean, uh, you may have a brand in mind or whatever, but if you know that your target market admire that brand, you're going to quote them a lot because you're going to transfer their success and knowledge to you, even though you're not in their industry. So how do we go about studying this successful competitors? The first thing is you want to do is find them. Uh, so who's, who's the competitors uh, in the industry? You want to find them. You want to go to the websites, study the copy on their websites and on their marketing collateral and extract very important keywords from them. And this is very important, especially if you're playing in industry. So go and look, for example, for the top 10 keywords that they look on their, use on their websites, uh, the top 10 keywords that they use on their brochures, the top 10 keywords that they use in their YouTube channels and all those things, the top keywords they use when they've won an award and that type of thing. Then you go and you, uh, you can study their social media as well, their LinkedIn copy, all of that. That will give you the keywords. Don't go too high wire. Um, in fact, I think I want to just quickly pause here and digress. After today's lesson, if you really, really want to become a master researcher and a master spy in understanding what is happening in the universe of your client, you really want to reduce everything I've said today into one piece of paper or into one page on your computer or iPad uh, if you're someone to doodle. And on that, you want to have just the five principles. You want to have one where we went back previously and you want to say, okay, I've learned about the principles today, about the three AM mind of my client. Let's just write down three things that I know about them or have five things that I am going to research. That's it. 
Then I'm going to move to the industry and I'm going to find five things in the industry that's really important for them. Then I'm going to move to this next topic and I'm going to go five, I'm going to write down five or 10 keywords for that industry. So keep it on one page. If you don't do that, you overwhelm yourself in this teaching today and you dilute again. So try and summarize something on one page and then you keep that one page close by. That's the way you can get the most out of today's, today's lesson. So you're going to study the copy of your, um, of your ideal, uh, of the competitors of your ideal client. You're going to study their best practices, what is best practices in their industry. And you can also study what's their client reviews. So here it gets slightly more complicated because here you're probably looking at what is happening in their industry. In other words, what their heroes are doing, but you also probably have to look at people who's delivering a same service than you. So for example, if you are going to teach entrepreneurs to um, become better entrepreneurs, you want to go and study the best practices of those who also teach other entrepreneurs and is also very successful in doing that. But you also want to go and study those who's teaching other entrepreneurs and you want to see what is the client reviews they're getting. This is super important because if I'm teaching entrepreneurs and I'm getting reviews like, Landy, thank you so much for the incredible clarity you've created for me. That's the keyword you want. So when you build a product and solution, you're going to put the word, word clarity in there. Because in the reviews, you see the word clarity repeating over and over and over again. So you know that's what people are looking for. Or they might say in the reviews, Landy, thank you so much for helping me with my entrepreneurship. You really increased my cash flow exponentially. Now you know what they're looking for. But where it gets more deeper, more important is client reviews that go, Landy, thank you for increasing my cash flow. Now me and my family can finally put money down on our first property. Landy, thank you for increasing my clarity. Because of that, I can now go and take my business to the next level and live the legacy that my father always wanted me to have. Landy, thank you for increasing my cash flow. I can actually send my children now for the best education possible. So those are the things that gives you not information. Those are the things that give you real intelligence. So this brings us now to the fourth way. There's five ways I'm showing you today how you can get into this big fat problem of your client. You know, many people will say to you, uh, just do a poll on them, which is great. Um, nothing should stop you from doing that. But uh, your own research and your own research, of course, includes polls. But research is very, very wide. Research is polls. Research is researching online. Research is buying data. Research is having conversations with people in your target market. And I would say that's probably the most powerful research you can do is to, you know, get 100 people in this target market and have conversations with them. There's, for me, almost nothing more valuable. Um, ask them what worried them at night. Ask them about their industry. Ask them about the euros in industry. Can you imagine what you will achieve when you do it with 100 people in your target market? That's probably the easiest and the quickest way. And you may say, no, Lani, it's not quick. 
I can promise you, if you have one interview with one of them per day in 100 days, you can have incredible knowledge um, into the mind and the day and the life of the person in your target market. So the fourth one, um, in order to really understand them, is then research that proof of the problem exists. This is big. And I'll tell you why this is big, is you can go out there in a sales pitch or you can put the most beautiful products and services together that say that people need clarity um, in the product and service. Uh, in, they need clarity in a certain area and you can help them with that. Or they need a certain product and you can respond to that. Or they need uh, this or that, whatever. You can say that. And you can say that based on your thumbsuck exercise. But unless you've founded a quote by Forbes, or unless you've done a poll on 100 people and this case study have very tangible results, or unless you've done a poll and the poll actually has eight out of 10 people said that, or unless you have, this is the latest research report or white paper by reputable ABC, people's just not going to believe you. They're just not going to believe you. And I find when people develop products and services, and when this leads to a sales pitch, it's one of the biggest, biggest problems people face, especially when they've created something new. And then people would say to me, Lundy, I don't have stats and figures. I don't have graphs. This is a new product. This is a new service. This is a new company. This is a new idea. How do I do it? And this is my answer to them. You go and you find other people's research on the subject. You go and find other people's peer reviews on the subject. And if all else fails, you do your own case study on 100 people in your target market and come up with the results of your own study. So you do not have to have the proof by doing it with another client already. So, you know, some of the best proof of the problem is you have 100 brands on your book or you already have 100 clients and you've done research on them. But if you don't have it yet, you can actually get 100 people, interview them, or you can put a poll out there to people in your target market, but get stats, get figures, and get graphs that prove that the problem actually exists. Sometimes all the proof you need is that the best-selling author of this book has sold millions of copies. Duh, that tells me there must be a big problem in that area. Or this person who runs this YouTube channel that helps you to select different wines, has millions of people on their channel, duh, there's definitely a problem there. Or this person who's launched this um, lip liner that stays for eight hours on your lips is having this massive following, so there must be a problem. You see, so you need to go and do that research. This is not difficult. You just need to think a little bit more creatively. And then once you've done that, you want to put it in a report, in a very beautiful gloss massively thick, heavy report. And if you don't know how to make this report heavy, put pictures in there to sort of make space on the report. And then you print this in hard bind and you take it to every single meeting, every single event, every single, um, even if it's a Zoom call, you have this book and hard copy, you hold it up, you say to people, here's my, here's my research report, here's my book with all the data in, you will not believe what this is going to do for your business and for your credibility and how people's going to sit up and start listening to you. I mean, think about it. Imagine yourself in a boardroom. Imagine you're there, you're speaking to a CEO and you're saying to the CEO, look, this is a massive problem. This is a big problem you're having. And if you don't respond to that problem right now, 
if you don't do something about it now, this is what's going to happen. This is what most CEOs will look like. They'll roll their eye. They go, right. I've heard I had this problem many times before. And now there's three people that came in before you. All of them told him he has a problem or her that she has a problem, right? But you come in with this massively, beautifully binded book that has on their industry report or industry white paper by Dr. Changasi. And in that book, it illustrates these quotes, these graphs, these problems, this poll you had. Who do you think is going to get the business? You are going to get the business. Even if your pitch is not that good because you're giving them substance and you're giving them credibility and you've actually shown them something very, very, very important, something that's super rare these days. You show them that you've made an effort to understand their problem. You've made an effort to understand their universe. So very few people have something like that with them. And therefore, it's very difficult for them to pitch because what are you doing? You're trying to convince, you're trying to persuade, you're trying to influence as opposed to sit there with a smirk on your face and go, I get you. I get you. I put in the hard work. My hands are dirty with putting in the hard work in understanding what's happening in the universe. So researching proof of the problem um, needs to feel scientific. So you want to go and get newspapers that's quoting certain things, but you don't want to get deaf, you know, you, you don't want to get any newspaper. You want to get newspapers that is held in high regard and in high esteem and in industry. Now, if you want to be smart about it, you can have a proof profile. And in that proof profile, you actually have actual clippings of the latest uh, uh, papers in that industry. So people can see what the papers are reporting. You want to have books that quote certain things and you want to actually take quotations from that books. Many people, many people in your target market have problems and they're looking for solutions in specific books and they are holding certain authors in very high regard. So having some of those books physically with you can be very valuable. And uh, you want to show them trends. You want to show them what people are talking about in industry. You want to show them scientific proof. You want to have in your proof profile actual graphs and trends analysis and you want to illustrate to them that you understand the movements in the market but that you also understand the trends in your market and this is something that you're going to use later in your sales speech that's incredibly valuable and where it's going to become very valuable is what is one of the biggest 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 things that happens when you pitch a person you've developed the product and service it's phenomenal it responds to a problem and then the person you sold to come back and say you know, I do not have a budget for this right now, which most of the times is not true. Uh, it's just what they're actually saying is I'm not making this a priority right now. I'm going to rather spend my money on other things, right? So the fact that they're saying that says to me that they have a question and the question is, why should I do it now? And if you've done proper industry research, your response to that problem already in your product design is... You should do it now because these are the industry strains and you're going to have a big fat problem, Houston, if you wait, wait longer. And here's my proof that this is topical right now. This is the trend right now. This is what your favorite authors are warning you about right now. This is what the papers are reporting on right now. And therefore, you cannot afford 
to wait longer in making this decision because this is what's going to happen in the future. You're going to lose money. You're going to lose talent. You're going to lose credibility, blah, 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 the way you want to put it. So you are basically in your product design process already overcoming the objections that people's going to give you during the sales process later. So we're setting you up for success already by doing that industry report. This brings me to the last one, just a sip of tea. Cheers. Um, and the last one is you now want to create trust with your potential buyer. And, and, and that's really why you are really diving into that big fat problem. You know, if I don't understand what you're really worried about at 3am, you know, if I'm a consultant and I'm coming into your organization and I go on and on about your dry skin. Oh, I know what it feels like to have a dry skin, you know, and this is what my product will do for you. And this is how my product will make you look. I don't really understand your problem. And it's very difficult for you to trust me. I need to walk into that presentation. Let's say I'm presenting this product to a beauty house. I'm not going to present to them really dry skin. Yes, dry skin is one of the results or one of the symptoms. But what I really need to talk about is, what happens and how do you feel because you have a dry skin and what is the disastrous consequences of that and that will create trust you know so if i go in there and i say say look i understand that you have a dry skin but but, but let's let's get to the heart of the problem right i understand that your dry skin is giving you incredible breakouts and itchiness and i know that your career are suffering because of that and I know because your career is suffering, you just have not been able to get to travel for business the way you want. Do you see how haywire it went? It's like, what? We started with dry skin. Then we went into, this is causing you a huge competitive problem in your career. And therefore, you can't travel like other people. So do you know that that person with dry skin scroll through Facebook every day of their life and look at people who travel because that's what in their that's what's in their heart. They look at the skins of the people that travel and they sit and they cry in front of that computer and they go, it's because of my damn skin that I'm not getting there. This means you really understand the person. You really understand your target market. You know what is their desire. You know what's their value system. You know what it is that they really want. That creates trust. So here is the key for today. This is why you have to understand them, not just to create a stunning product, not just to generate more cash, not to be only the hero in your own story. All those things are true. You creating this product and this service and you're doing research into their problem because you're helping people. You're helping them to trust you as an expert in your field. I'm going to actually repeat them. You are helping your potential customers to trust you as an expert in your field if you can illustrate that you really and truly understand and care about their big fat problem. Let that sink in for a while. So let's look at some of the things you can go and do afterwards. These are only recommended activities. You can go and make contact with at least five people in your target audience and interview them about the problems that you want to solve for them. I'm going to stretch you here. If you really want to make it work, if you want to be very successful in business, if you want to travel, if you want to have 
properties that come out of your ears. If you want to be the person on Facebook with a cocktail in your hand and go, I actually feel that I've reached a level of success where I can be super proud of myself and my family and my children can be super proud of me. And I don't have to worry every single morning when I wake up that there's not cash in my bank account. And I actually want to look at the mirror and go, you're a freaking rock star. Then I'll change this recommended activity to make contact with at least 100 people in your target audience and interview them about the problem that you want to solve for them. And I'm super serious about that. That's why me and Mike started doing masterminds the way we've done around the world. Yes, we want to travel. Yes, we want to see all the countries. Yes, it's been amazing. But our masterminds have helped us to stand in front of 10 people at a time and say, what is your big fat problem? And we've heard problems over and over and over and over again. And by doing that, we've been able to create patterns. And that patterns has helped us to create very, very powerful products and services. So here's the second one. Note down at least 10 keywords that people in your target market use when describing their problems. How are you going to find that information if you don't go and speak to them? Yes, you can go to the websites. You can go and look for repetitive patterns on the websites. That's a phenomenal start. But again, if you want to make this work and you want to take this to the next level um, and have a breakthrough um, with this, then you'll actually go and have conversations with this. And I promise you, you are going to be blown away. Um, and I find many times when it comes to entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship has become too transactional. You need to have this software. You need to have this email. You need to sit on your computer all the time. You need to, you need to, you need to. So entrepreneurship has lo lost a lot of its fun. Whereas if you can make the mind shift a little bit from transactional, which is just all the stuff you have to do, to re relational, which means you're going to get into conversation with people. You're going to get super excited. You're going to go, oh, my word, I never realized this. I never listened. So now I can actually create something that's going to be rock star for people. So you win in both ways. You win because you're solving a problem for people. And it's making you super happy. You're getting up every morning and you're asking people how you can help them and listening to them. That gives you a lot of satisfaction. That gives you a lot of enrichment. And you're putting a lot of good karma out there by doing it. But you also, as a result of it, getting cash into your bank account, you're getting success, you're getting recognition, your self-confidence go up, you accelerate, and surprise, surprise, you end up doing what you're supposed to do on this planet. And that's how everything actually links together. You can't just do relational without transactional. You can't just do transactional without relational. But God forbid, you can't leave one of them out. So evidence that you're actually starting to accomplish the big fat problem is you actually have scientific research numbers and statistics in a nice folder or book that prove that the problem exists. So if you do not really feel you have the budget to print a big fat book at the moment, have a nice leather folder at least and have all these clippings and proofs and one pages and stuff in there. Just make sure that it's either laminated or gloss in some way because it makes it look uh, uh, more expensive and therefore raises the perceived value of what you present. And then try and do a white paper, a report or presentation that frame the big fat problem in similar language or in the similar language of the industry of your ideal client or your ideal buyers. Okay, everyone, that is me. Uh, I want to move over to questions or that, but uh, the next time I'm up, we're going to move into 
the Octopus EdTech platform lesson number five. We're still on high end of a design. And now we're going to talk about step four in this process. So we, we, we started this with your power words. And then we went into who's your ideal buyer. And then we looked into, okay, if you know your ideal buyer, what is their big fat problem? And now we're going to actually move a little bit away, just for a moment, a little bit away from your ideal buyer and the problem uh, that you're going to solve for them a little bit into your essence. Um, and why is this important? Because if you're going to develop products and services that's only about your customer, uh, you're going to struggle to polarize and you're going to struggle to attract the people into your life that has a value alignment with you. So we don't, when we build products and services, we don't all, all, we, we don't only hone in onto your customer. We also, before we move into a solution, have to hone into you as well. Who are you? What differentiate you? What makes you unique? And then eventually when we put a product together or service, we're going to combine those two mighty forces. So people who has a product developed only for a client do well, but they become a slave to the client. People who, who develop, they become a call center. They only respond to the client, right? They, they, they don't put their value alignment alignment in that people who develop products and services that have the client in there but it also have their essence in there um, has developed a system that qualifies clients in other words you're going to end up with much less demanding clients and other people and interestingly enough your price is also going to go up because you create more credibility with people who share a value alignment with you. So in the next one, we're going to jump into essence, but all into the bigger picture of creating products and services that's aligned with your client. So I'm going to give you a very quick example. If you look at the image here behind me, you see the Circle of Excellence group of companies shield, right? So what we've discovered in researching the clients in our target market over and over again is that the clients in our target market are conscious leaders. These people are people who want to make a difference on the planet. Um, they uh, many times like to travel. Uh, they people who's more in the premium market. It's not a startup. It's a person who has a next level mindset. They gold to us. They they the gold quality people, right? So. Therefore, we, in our essence, realize that, okay, we, 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 are, we, develop, we are understand their problems. Their problem is they want prosperity, they want freedom, they want purpose in their life. But let's look at what, who we are. We are people who like to travel. That's why you see the compass in there. And um, so that speaks to people who love to travel as well. And then also we are truth seekers. We, we like to delve into ancient wisdom and, and put that as an holistic approach in our teachings. Teaching. So we're not just going to teach you how to build a LinkedIn profile. We're going to teach you how to also be a stunning leader and how to make use of some ancient wisdom in getting to that level. So we're going to bring in commercial teachings. We're going to combine that with... Um, with spiritual teachings and with mindset. And so that is reflected in this image here behind me. So here is a group of companies created that solves a problem, but with our essence in it. Can you imagine what that would have looked like without the essence in? Wouldn't have had the gold, wouldn't have had the compass, wouldn't have had our spirit animals, wouldn't have had our Celtic wisdom. Very different product and service, right? Totally, totally different. And that's why we need to have a conversation about essence because we have to make sure 
but your essence is built into your products and services as well. So I'm going to stop the share. At this stage, I'm going to stop the recording for our podcasters who's listening to this show, and I'm going to move over to questions and answers.